Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So we're back with another episode of The Car Debate, and we are actually going to debate people's cars tonight. Plus, we have a good Q&A section coming up. We're trying to add you guys just random questions. Hey, this or that, or what are you thinking about this? Just really short stuff. Yeah, we're encouraging you cool. on Facebook and Twitter. We're trying to mention that before we go to record. And uh, we're going to do that hopefully the day we're recording. We're recording this on a Monday night for you listening Tuesday through the following week. Kind of like that uh, we're so doing yeah, that. Some Q and A's coming up too. I am too because it, it just it's it's kind of more in instant here. commentary. Yeah. yeah, it's just more instant commentary. So we got a few of those coming up. We are going to do uh, car debates this evening. That's a novel idea, isn't it? We may actually <laughs> do all this in under an hour. We'll see. We have two interesting car debates that have written to us, both guys that have followed the show for a while, which is really really cool. We've got uh, Spencer in Alberta, Canada, is writing to us. And uh, he is a tall guy like us, and he has an Acura TSX, and he's going, nothing wrong with it, but can I get rid of it now? So that's an interesting discussion. And we've got, who's the other one we've got here? Uh, Thomas, now in Australia, but from Germany with, honestly, how big is your garage, Thomas? <laughs> Thomas, this he's is got, why I pointed I think, this out. I mean, I, I picked this out, and I went, Thomas is a fan. He's got a boatload of cars. And he's it's like, asking for help, genuine help here. It's like the BMW lineup. It, it, this is almost an intervention. It's almost as if Thomas now has gone from interest to problem and please guys help. That's what we should so do we've every got to talk so about that as is, well. is an intervention. Exactly. We've sat you in a room. Yes. Son, you've got Sell 10 cars. cars. We're done. Eight of Thank them you. don't drive. Three are on blocks in the yard. You only have exactly. one. We're intervening. We're exactly. here to help. That's a TV yeah. show right there. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> to show up on people's doorsteps. I'm sorry, that car has to go. <laughs> I, I, I like that. We could be, I don't know, some sort of strange car enforcers. I, I like this quite a bit, That's funny. actually. And the tow truck's should. already loading the car while you've mm-hmm. trapped the person in the house and they're already taking it away like they're repoing it or something. I don't know. It's a very, it's a very strange repo show. They've had those actual <laughs> repo shows where <laughs> people are delinquent. Problems. This is their delinquent in other ways. It's just you've stopped thinking clearly. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Well, speaking of problems, I had uh, a problem with my Jeep Grand Cherokee. As you know, I've, I've yeah, uh, you did. got a 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee that I bought new one year ago, and I have been using it as, as the ski truck. I've been skiing my brains out lately, which has been great, and it's a fantastic four-wheel drive. It's got the Quadratrack. I had a 77 Jeep mm-hmm. Cherokee as my first car that I shared with my sister growing up, and that thing just – Sucked a gas yep. like you wouldn't believe, uh, or maybe you would. But anyway, I, I had a fondness for Jeeps, and so that's why I bought this car, and I'm expecting it's 2015. And it's been amazing. Modern It's been car. great. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. So yep. I went skiing the other day. It was actually uh, last Wednesday, and the temperature outside was maybe between 20 and 25 degrees Fahrenheit. So cold, but not below zero. But not, not that bad. Not I mean, that it's bad. been – we've had – We've had our fives and sixes and twelves recently well, and yeah. hanging out there for a while. So twenty five's almost a heat wave. I mean, yeah, by the time I got done skiing, it was, you know, I was sweaty and hot and it was, you know, kind of warming up a little bit. So I thought, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And listened to the radio and driving along and suddenly the nav screen just goes black and the radio shuts off. 
And this is the Uconnect mm -hmm. system that is powered, uh, that's yep. in Ram trucks, it's in the Chrysler 300C, it's in the Dodge products, of course the Jeeps. This is the same nav system. Across the board. Across the board. Yeah, now you can get- uh, All kinds of stuff. Yeah, on all the FCA products. So you can get, um, you can get the different, uh, different screens with different features, but the fully loaded, all the bells and whistles, everything. It's the Uconnect yeah. 8.4 system. It's a seven inch touch screen. It's huge. It runs the car. It has everything for the, the air suspension ride height, all the, the yeah. uh, seat heat controls, air conditioning, of course, the HVAC, the satellite radio, my phone connection, the backup camera. I mean, everything is going through this brain. Yeah. And I think, well, this is the central nervous system. And so I, it just shut off. And I thought, okay, mm -hmm. what just happened? What did I do? Nothing. I was just driving normally. So I got to the stoplight, put it in park, shut the car off, thinking maybe it just needs a reboot. You know, it's the first thing yep, you reset. do. Yep. <laughs> Why is your VCR not working? Have you checked the power plug? Plug it back in. <laughs> anyway. Is it connected to the wall? Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, so I, I turned the car back on. Nothing. It's still black. And so I've been driving around with it. Blank screen. No nothing. The car still drives fine. The engine runs, all mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. instrument panel yeah, gauges, the power windows. Thankfully, I still have heating and cooling because Jeep kindly put the analog controls, the, the uh, yeah, fan the speed, yeah. the temperature gauge controls, all that stuff. They put that as analog buttons in addition to the screen. And I always thought yeah, to you're myself, lucky they did. <laughs> why would they make it redundant? I can control it from the screen. And then it suddenly just shut off. It just, I don't know what happened. It could, What's funny about that is, thinking about it now, all the times I've driven your car and been in your car, I don't think I've ever done that on the screen. I think I've always done it with the buttons. Right, and maybe that was just a redundant But thank God thing. they're there now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been driving around for a week, and I called the dealership. I'm taking it there tomorrow morning. So they said mm -hmm. usually they can get to it in a day, but the, the service guy was sort of nonchalant. He's like, yeah, you probably need a new screen. And I'm thinking, well, maybe, but what's to prevent this yeah. from happening again? What? What yeah, happened? Yeah. Did it throw a code? Did it blow a fuse? Is a relay? Do I need to disconnect the battery? But then, fine, you fix it. But I want some sort of assurance mm -hmm. that it's not mm -hmm. going to happen again because it's a brand new car. It only has 13,000 miles. Yeah, it's 2015. Uh, you know, of course, it's still under, you know, gobs of warranty. So I'm not worried about that. But sure, on the other sure. hand, I'm going, I, I don't know. Has, has this well, happened to anybody else? Have you had this? You buy a new car I, and, I and something bring up fails. I'm just Yeah, I want to bring up the thing that you said to me that I honestly, I have to admit, I hadn't thought about because you posted that, that Twitter picture about this. Of course, it went up yeah, on Facebook, too. Yeah. You posted that picture about this. You know, here's your car running and the screen not running. And thank you, you guys that are listening. Uh, many of you actually chimed in and said, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And one guy sent a video about the, like, uh, dealer reset process and all this kind of stuff. And I asked you about that, and you said something really interesting that I hadn't thought of. And, and I, I like it specifically because we're talking about, essentially, the computer in the car. Right. Your comment was, you don't want to try any of that because the car is under warranty, and you want the dealer to have chain of events. You want them to have their right. hands on it at every step. Right. That was, so that uh... there's no, you tried to kind of hack it. There was none of that. Right. Because it is this brain, you want them to see it exactly as it happened. Since it hasn't come back on, you want them to have full kind of chain of events so that you also then have protected yourself. I hadn't thought about it in those terms. I don't know that I would have done that, but I think it's really interesting, and I see your logic there. Well, that was Hans that uh, sent us this video. It's the how to reset the Uconnect, the hidden engineering menu, and you hold down simultaneously the hot and cold buttons for your HVAC mm -hmm. controls. 
And it's very helpful. I'm thinking to myself, well, one, that means your screen's already running. Mine is black. It's dead. I don't mm. even know if that would mm. work. And then to your point, yeah, I, I just thought, well, I want, him, I want him to at least see the black screen. I want him to see it and observe it, even if it's a stupid quick fix yeah. and they show me this cool trick and whatever. But why do you have to go into the hood? You why, want it, why do I have to you want it in your file. mess yeah. around? Yeah, yeah. And I, it's like leaving a paper trail on email or whatever. It's mm-hmm. sort of the CYA. I see that. Protect yourself a little bit. I just want them to know, indeed, no, no, oh, I, I accidentally fixed it. I saw this hack on YouTube and it worked, but you have to believe yeah. me somehow. Yeah, yeah. And they go, yeah, yeah, well, try to replicate that, buddy. And then I drive home and a week mm-hmm. later it does it again. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, whatever. So I want them to see the problem. Sure. I want them to sure. you know, plug in the OBE computer and, and do their thing and see what the deal is. But even if it's a new screen, who else is having these problems on Ram trucks and and you know, the Chrysler 300C and all the Dodge products and all this stuff, I'm going, uh, Well, you were saying you were looking it up and you were seeing it. Granted, I mean, you, you were saying you were looking up and you were seeing that others are having the problem. I mean, you and I have yeah. joked about the fact before, yeah. Google whatever problem you are having. By the way, you can do this with any health problem, too. Don't do that. You'll frighten yourself. <laughs> Don't self-diagnose a pro- pro- Do not yeah. do that. <laughs> Google, Google whatever problem you're having on your car, and you'll find the thousands of people that claim the exact same things happening to them. So you do have to kind of kind of go, okay, all right, I do have to rein this in a bit. But you were talking about how you were finding people across various forums that just happen to have this same Uconnect and all kinds of different cars have had this issue in one variation or another. I'm really intrigued to know what are they going to conclude and how are they going to address it. So, I mean, obviously that starts tomorrow, so we'll keep you guys informed. Yeah, starts tomorrow. Uh, we'll have an update for the dealer hopefully soon. And, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, I love my Jeep, but it's a brand-new car. This major stuff like this shouldn't yeah, be yeah, happening. Yeah. On the other hand – it really doesn't matter whether it's a Range Rover to a Porsche to BMW. Every car seems like it has some sort of quirk and some sort of issue, and it can happen. Yeah, so of I'm, course. You know, but it's sort of like it's fallen out of love with my Jeep here. It's like, you know, this is my truck, mm-hmm. my ski truck. This is my Well, and that's, that's always car, hard when, you've you know? got, when, when you have the new kind of caveat or workaround on your car. It does. It kind of bruises your, your love for it a little bit, which is yeah. too bad. So I look forward to this being solved and... And hearing your uh, hearing your thoughts, and we'll get there. We'll, we'll see where that goes. We'll get there. Let's uh, let's try to do a car debate, shall we? I think we should. Uh, as you mentioned, this is Spencer <laughs> in Alberta, Canada. As a matter of fact, both these guys are not in the U.S., which is another reason that stood out. So that was great. Not that yeah, you know, yeah. Not saying that people in the U.S. are not relevant, but it just seems like it's cool to. Uh, but they're relevant a lot. We cover that a yeah, lot. I we, love we that we're talking it, about it, others. It's cool That's to great. talk about some other uh, some other people, and it also I think stretches you and I. Because we're mm-hmm. having to look up what kinds of models and what they are, the differences yeah. worldwide yeah, yeah. and what's available. I mean, you know, some stuff in Europe, obviously some stuff in Australia that we just don't get. And so it's mm-hmm. nice to start driving stuff and then say, okay, I don't know what the reseller or the reliability is, but here's what we know and, you know, try that out. So it's, it's kind of fun to, yeah. to so stretch Spencer's us here. Spencer's writing to us with, with a car that uh, – this is interesting because it's a car – We've had a couple people like this, and you know, you you've been this way with cars before too, Paul. You talked about how you didn't have anything wrong with it. You know, you had you felt really good about your old Honda Accord when you had. Yeah. It, I remember, but you know, yep. I mean, he's got a, an Acura TSX here. He doesn't say. Does he say here if it's the stick shift? I don't. Yes, it is. There it is. It's the six speed. Yeah. Yeah. So 05 TSX six speed. He's got about a hundred thousand miles. Really, nothing wrong with it, which is pretty much all I've ever heard about that car. Is that there's really nothing wrong with it. It's it's great. He's just realizing I've had it a few years and it's fine, and that's always my big indicator. Once the car becomes fine, time to move along. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but he's he's just going nothing wrong with it. But I just I've got the itch. I want to get something new. Uh, he's got about thirty grand to spend, but he's living up in Alberta. 
He's six four, which you know it's we can guy. relate to that. That means yeah. well, that means look. Okay, the Miata is out. Let's just go there. The Miata is not the yeah. answer for our friend Spencer. Six four, done, finished. But he's also you know he, he likes to ride mountain bikes. He's a skier. He does all this kind of stuff. So he's he's thinking about whatever car he gets. Maybe he needs to do that. But he's also just debating. I can get a roof rack. And I'm going to say to you right now, just get a roof rack. But, uh, but so he's <laughs> got a lot rack. of interesting things. But. But he's going, okay, out of the TSX, which he enjoys, into something he ultimately wants to enjoy more. And he's driven BMWs. He's driven the Golf R. He doesn't Subies. want an SUV. Driven the Subies, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. some of the older ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So thirty grand to spend and looking for some fun. And all-wheel drive, this will actually really like this, Spencer. You make a comment where you're perfectly happy to have all-wheel drive because obviously you get lots of snow, but you don't consider it a requirement, which I love that you're willing to be flexible either way. It just gives you a bunch, much better range. I think uh, a lot of things here. Uh, Spencer, sure. I, I love that you wrote in and you're, the whole reason for doing this is just you're kind of bored and kind of done with it. And isn't that the reason uh -huh. we put, you know, change the art on our walls or get a new couch or whatever? It's not that things are bad. It's just it keeps it fresh. It keeps life interesting. It's something yeah. new. We yeah. learn more. We learn about ourselves. And here he wants to further his driving and, and mm -hmm. you know, he, he's got – Stuff to he's got a lifestyle here. He's got stuff to carry. Roof rack. I like the thirty thousand dollar budget. Spencer, I'm going to um, I'm going to suggest a car that I think you should go drive. Okay. And then okay. another car that I think you should go buy. And Todd, interesting. I'm going to call you okay. out. Actually, Todd is great at suggesting this car. I always forget this car. Todd is he's always on it. So huh. I'm going to keep guessing here. Todd is always guess, great at, I, at suggesting yeah. this car. And I go, oh, yeah, that's a great car. Why don't you go buy one of those? They're fun. They're great. And I think it's the sweet spot for you. So, Seriously. Okay. Here we go. So, yes, right. Spencer's driven the older Subaru WRX STIs. Uh, if you haven't been in the current generation, you might just want to go do that just for comparison's sake. But the, I think you should, yeah. The uh, 04 BMW 330, yeah, he's driven a few things. He likes the VWs. Okay, there are some usual suspects in there. I am yeah, going golf to suggest R, worthwhile. I get it. Yeah, Golf R. I'm I'm going to suggest uh, Spencer to start with the B7 or B8 generation Audi S4s. The B7 went up mm -hmm. to 08. Mm -hmm. I had a B6 wagon, and then the B8 is after that. And those are just the internal model model designations. The S4 had the V8 in the B7, mm -hmm. I think. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think they went back to the V6 turboed in the b8 s4 you're, you're already you, your minutiae is you're walking away bye bye paul I'm, you're I'm, bye, trying, bye bye. I'm trying to you're, dice this up well I, I, I know I'm Audi minutia. if i'm wrong please yeah. call me out but i think that's that's it so there, Some, there are two will. different engines but the point is luxury car you're kind of used to a four mm -hmm. four door car already this is now going to yeah. all-wheel drive they're fast they're fun I think you should go drive those as well. I don't know that you've been in those. Abbeys. The V8 engines in those are really cool, actually. That, that on those in those old, uh, yeah, those old S's are really cool. Plus, gas is cheap, and you live in Alberta, pretty much. You know, the oil sands of the <laughs> planet. So why not? Anyway, <laughs> um, so those that, those are the cars I think you should go drive. But the car I think you should go buy is the Mitsubishi Evo okay. 10. And that is the car Todd always sure. comes in the door with, and I go, oh, right. We love that thing. Yeah. It's a laugh riot. It's a hoot. It's all-wheel drive. It will be great in the snow. Throw winter tires on it. It'll be fast mm -hmm. and fun. It'll carry stuff. Yes, the interior is cheap. Yes, it 
feels yeah, cheap. Definitely. So there's going to be some trade-offs there. But if you can find a mm-hmm. nice one for your thirty grand budget, I think you're going to be really excited. Because the point here is boredom. Let's fix the boredom. Yeah. Watch our yeah. videos on the Evo and we're going, oh, my gosh, we're not bored. Yeah, that's true. Well, and, and you know, if you get the five-speed two, I mean, you're already a manual transmission guy. You get the five-speed two, I'll be honest with you. You talk about doing long drives. The five-speed, you're not going to like on a long drive, but it is more no, robust no. than the SST uh, six-speed paddle shift. What's weird is we had a person ask recently, they asked, what are, what are you guys' favorite paddle shift transmissions, dual-clutch transmissions? And as I started thinking about the answer to that question, I realized that Mitsubishi Evo is on there, believe it or not. Yeah, Tiny little Mitsubishi, yeah. who you never would think about. That dual-clutch transmission on that Evo 10 is actually fantastic. The downside to it is it is not robust enough for track use. But it is, if you're going to do normal driving, right. you also right. can't do brake stands in it. It does not like that. It freaks out and goes, oh, my God, I'm overheating. I mean, in, in like roughly <laughs> three seconds, it does how, how that. How do you know that, so, Todd? How, how do you know that? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea how that happens. You're just no, guessing but, on that one, But right? I'm also – but I've also, I remember drove it, uh, the first time I drove that transmission, I was very impressed, but I was halfway around our three laps that we get in each car, ridiculousness, in the Motor Press Guild track days, halfway around my three laps and overheated the transmission because working it hard. Mm-hmm. So it's not up yeah. for track use, yeah. but street use, it's actually great. So I would actually recommend the six-speed just to help you with your long freeway drives that you mentioned you take some of, and, uh, and, and that is a great transmission. You know, you say that, and it makes me think of this. Okay, what? These are an acquired taste, styling-wise, and they're not all that easy to find. But for a few years, and I think they made them in Canada, while the Evo 10 was being made, for a few years they offered a rally art hatch. Oh, right. It was right. a hatchback body style of that Evo 10 with STI, I'm not STI, with WRX levels of power. So like 240, 260 horsepower, somewhere in there, but in a hatch body shape. Because the problem heart. with the Evo, yeah. problem with the Evo is the, the trunk is useless. It's, it's useless. You take a gym bag and your trunk is full. <laughs> so I mean, you're, Look, you're going to get a roof rack either way, and so it's not going to matter <laughs> yeah. all that much. But if you're looking for a little more cargo space, I would say actually look for the Rally Art hatch. You lose a little bit of power, a little bit of nuttiness, but it's still, it's still technologically pretty cool. I also acknowledge if you don't love the older uh, WRX interiors, you might not love that Evo. However, I ignored that rule too when I came to my thoughts. So it's all relative. I think that's a great suggestion. It's a bit of a unique car. Uh, I'm wondering, yeah, if you can find one, it's it's not as much power, but I think it's still plenty. I'm not driven the rally art, but mm-hmm. it still has, from what I understand, much of the dynamics of the Evo, a little bit less expensive, still lots of power, all-wheel drive, unique looking. I, People I will acknowledge I don't. Like them. Yeah, I will acknowledge I don't know if you can get that good dual-clutch transmission in that car. I, I don't remember enough about it because it wasn't in the U.S. for very long. But it's an interesting alternative. Either. I do – I have to admit that the Evo X would just be a laugh riot in this, in this Isn't equation. that kind of the answer here? I, I just – I think I mean, you'd just enjoy it, Spencer. However, you know what's four, weird about this? I don't. Fit. I don't really – yeah, he would. He would, absolutely. I don't really know why, Spencer, but I read this email and I only came up with – like cars from the outfield, like really random. <laughs> really? Like, you know what you should try? Really? I don't know why. Something about this, I read it and was like, I've got three. They couldn't be more different and all of them are strange. Okay. okay. I, I, I don't know why that happened. Well, let's the most normal one I have. I'm curious. Most normal one I have is a car you rarely ever see in the U.S., but you can get them elsewhere. And that is go get yourself a used 5 Series estate. Uh, okay. Hopefully you can get it in a... 
hopefully you can get it in a, in a, in a six, six speed, but just a BMW five series in the wagon form. Yeah. Look, it's not like the wagons. You know, it's not like the, the wagons. It, you know, it's not the most agile car ever. But if you're wanting wanting some utility, that's kind of where you're going. You're wanting something different in personality. It's not a hair on fire choice. But I just thought, you know what? Every time I see a five series wagon, which here in the U.S. is not often, I think those are generally just good looking. And if you can get them in the stick shift, you can really do a lot of interesting things there. And, and it's a classy car, and it's they're just they're cool. It would be a very usable car. I, I admit that's not a hair on fire choice. Then I had two others that I wrote them down, and then I went, "What is going on in my head tonight?" One, <laughs> uh oh. One is the C6 Corvette. Okay. Uh... I say it because it, it's totally opposite anything you've a looked at or b driven. You can get one. Granted, the interior and the dynamics are not as good as the C7, but the C6 is worthwhile. And here's the thing that goes unrecognized about the Corvette. Shocking amounts of cargo space. Shocking. Far more than an Evo, as a matter of fact. I was going to say, oh, it's a sports car. No, it actually has more than an Evo. Hugely so. Uh, More than a lot of cars. That's the thing about it. More than (laughs) a lot of cars, cargo space. When when we actually, when we had the C6 uh, generation uh, ZR1 with us, we put all our camera gear in the back of a Corvette and had enough extra space that it was sliding around in the back because it wasn't all secure back there. That is a large hatch. You don't think it when you drive behind those cars. You think, oh, it's a hatchback. No, it's, it's cavernous back there. So, you know, that is a car that is surprisingly mm. usable. Look, we're now, I'm now talking low-slung rear-wheel drive sports car. It's totally different than anything you've had. But that's kind of what I like about it for you mm. is, you know, there it is. And then my other oddball. Again, I don't know why my brain went so oddball. Right? My other oddball is you've got thirty grand to spend. But when I sold my last car last year, my Saab 92X, Mm-hmm. There was a guy selling the car I think you should look for. They're needle in a haystack, but the Saab 92X was made in 05 and 06, and there are guys out there that have taken them and put in a more modern STI engine and running gear because it's it's a Subaru WRX underneath. They're like Lego. You just keep take this part out, put this part in. Sure. There was a guy selling a black one that was perfectly done to an STI spec, so 300 horsepower in a black, beautiful-looking Saab 92X. He wanted 20 grand for it. If you could find somebody that's done one of those, it is the better WRX of that generation with the STI power. It is a unique car. Those things are chuckable, much more chuckable than you think. They, they aren't that heavy. They're like 3,200 pounds or so. So you, that's just an enjoyable car. But I admit, I'm off for some reason. I'm off in the, the weeds. The Corvette is weird. Class. So that there you kind of threw me. I wasn't expecting that one, but I thought, I know. all right. I know. Uh, you know, sports car in the snow, no, that's going to work. Well, you've proven that wrong with your FRS on winter yeah. tires. So mm-hmm. that is a possibility, even though it is only rear-wheel drive. And then cargo space, I thought, oh, no, that's too small. No, it's actually got more than the Evo. Surprisingly good. Even though the Evo's got a yeah. back seat, it's got boatloads. It's a, you know, get the Corvette C6 with the jetted tub, the Whirlpool option in the back. It's huge. <laughs> Seriously. You it's, can play, it's, it's shocking. You can have really a hot is. tub and parties, and yeah, it's, it's it really enormous. Is. Yeah, don't, don't put a hot tub in the back of your Corvette. That's even weirder than my recommendation. That'd be awesome. But, but you know, along, along these lines, you could even think that early 2000s GTO, you know, because that's actually a car with a decent interior. I, I think it was the GTO in Canada. I think it was still the same thing. It wasn't the... The, uh, whatever the, it was the called Holden, in Europe. I forget what Holden, they called it. But anyway. Uh, what um, was it? We're drawing a blank. Monaro? Our Australian friends are screaming at us right now. There it yeah. is. There it is. Yep. 
So anyway, that's another one that's kind of random and out there that, that actually the thing is you've got 30 grand and those are like 12. I don't know why. I normally am spending every dollar you bring, but for whatever reason tonight, I'm not doing that. So that's another one I thought of, which is really out there. But I don't know what it was, Spencer. I read your description. I was like, I've got weird cars for Spencer. But the Evo 10 is cool, I have to admit, Paul. I'm, I'm kind of digging the Evo 10. I thought you would have been all over that one, too, but uh, I'm surprised that you went Corvette. But, okay, weird, interesting. Yeah. Spencer, don't know. keep us posted here. In the meantime, we'll move Something on the to water uh, <laughs> I guess there is. We'll move on to the second debate, and this is Thomas. He is German, currently living in Brisbane, Australia. And I, I wanted to give it a, sh a shout-out to all of our Australian fans. As a matter of fact, at the end of this email, Thomas even invited us out to film a, a film. 40 years of M-Power with his M5, and I think that was a spectacular idea. We would love to go to Australia. It's a, it's a great idea. It's a fantastic <laughs> idea. It's the getting to Australia Just to do that film that part. is the really daunting portion of that. And I want to go that to Melbourne matter, here, for Thomas. the F1 race well, yeah, in, here, in March. Here. We could look up Thomas. Sure. We could go Sure, why the, not? We could pull cars out yeah. of the... Yeah, I would love to. That'd be with, a lot of fun. with the change in my pocket. Sure, why not? That's bound to happen. We're rolling in dough. We're just rolling in it. We don't know what to spend it on. Let's just let's just hop our quickly to Australia. Sure. But I also like that Thomas is from Germany, another place we have a lot of fans. So he's, we're covering the gamut here. Yeah. But what's interesting about Thomas's situation is, for whatever reason, you're buried in cars, Thomas. And I'm starting to wonder: Are all of these there with you? He's got. Well, that's he's a good got point. Five cars listed here. That's a good He's got point. five cars listed, and they're not even all being driven. He's got a Subaru Legacy. He's got a 1986 uh, E30 BMW. He's got an E28 M5. He's got a Mercedes C-Class. He's got another E28 5 Series. I, what What is going on with you? This is where the intervention comes in, Thomas. Uh, because I think this is great here. I, I, I like this I because I, he's got all these cars, but he, it's clear he wants to get rid of a few. Because his email says he wants to whittle down to mm -hmm. down, I say, to two or three different cars, <laughs> and and that's yeah, because I only need three cars. <laughs> I, uh, I whittled my collection me. down to three. Wow! All right, no, I, I loved it because uh, you're you're looking to get back into some fun driving, and, and turns out Brisbane mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. a lot of fun roads. Another reason to go to Australia. They've got a lot of fun roads, and he said there's. You know, a few dead straight roads and suicidal kangaroos jumping in front of the car, which is not something we experience here in the United States ever. But well, but the I can, elk. I, I will say elk and deer. Elk. That was that was moving moving up here. I have to say that was the big frightening thing. And I'm just imagining yeah. the day when it's FRS versus oh, elk. And yeah. that I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the FRS in the snow. I am worried about FRS versus elk. By I almost the way, like because that because I know better. how that turns you're, you're out. You're gonna just clip I don't its legs win. and drive through and drive underneath. Seriously. Anyway, onward. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. All right. So he's got. Uh, yeah, he's a German. He's a German car guy. He's got Mercedes. He's got BMWs. He the M5. He's got a budget of about thirty thousand U.S., and I am going to mm -hmm. stretch it per your suggestion, Thomas, to forty thousand because <laughs> that's what we're here to do: is spend our money and spend exactly. yours along with it. So he's test driven the the new WRX and, and STI, which I understand. Uh, although I don't understand your disappointment with the WRX because I've hooned that thing at hundred miles an hour, and it's just you kick that thing in the shorts and it moves, but. Okay. Yeah, I actually think the WRX is current. I, current I think it's great. great. I have to admit. Uh, what else? Yeah. He's driven the Porsche Boxster, which he liked. He's never really driven the hot hatch, and it doesn't sound like he's really gotten himself out of anything that's German. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've got some suggestions here that are German, just in case, just in case. <laughs> but I've got some other suggestions, and it's it's out there. And and I will say they're they're a bit wild. There's some big caveats to them, but I think it's intriguing. And I think because you've got the opportunity to own them, and we do not here in the United States, I think they're worth a consideration because he's wanting to get back into driving. He's got the cars, yeah. the M5. Yeah, yeah. That's the cruise mobile. Fine, go city to city. Mm-hmm. But the fun roads, that's what we're thinking about. Well, he, he's talking about fun roads, and he's, he's talking about fun roads, and he's also saying planning on doing three to four track days a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, all right. So we are looking for the much more focused end of the world. Now, he says he's probably going to get rid of his Subaru legacy in this process. So what, what that suggests to me, what he said here is, this is not a Lotus Elise recommendation. This is still a car that's going to no. get driven for normal life things, and then it's going to be a fun back road car and a track car. So it's got a, it does have to be broader than just, even though he's got a lot of cars in the garage here, it has to be a car that has a little more than one trick. So as much as I love the Lotus Elise, I don't, I don't think that works here. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it's got to be the hardcore, super sports, that kind of thing. I mean, the, yeah, the Cayman yeah. is on the list. I mean, he said he liked the Porsche Boxer. The Cayman's on the list. Todd and I found that mm-hmm. to be he said a he li- surprisingly great road trip car. It swallowed luggage. Yeah, he said he likes plenty he space. likes the Boxster, great. but he wouldn't want one. But yet the Cayman's on the list. And that's the thing that's funny to me is I- I'm guessing that for whatever reason the Boxster being a convertible didn't speak to you. Okay, that's fine. Sure. And I agree with you, Paul. I think the Cayman is a very serious contender here, Tom, because of what Paul's saying. Look, Great on a back road. Everybody knows this. Great on a back road. It'll be great at a track. We'll be robust and hold up really well in all those situations. However, if you want a road trip in that car, you want to go get groceries, you will shock yourself at how usable it is. You will shock yourself at how splattered the eggs and the milk will be in the luggage compartment. They will be... Yeah, that's when you don't take necessarily the fun road home and certainly don't go to the track. But 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 no, seriously, it, it's much roomier and it's much more usable in a normal, everyday way than you would ever think a sports car like that. It is the opposite of the Elise in that regard. Absolutely. And it is still great yeah. dynamically. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely on my list. And I thought with forty grand, with with thirty grand, you could get yourself the 996 Porsche 911. It's the fried egg headlight design. We like that car as a sports car. You're a Porsche guy too. I think that could be really a lot of fun because you're going to track it. He's got his email here. It says he's planning on doing three to four track days per year. That car would be mm-hmm. great because you're spending less on it, and it's a 911 you can still afford. So I like it for that yeah. reason. I like yeah. it's German. Then I thought, okay, keep moving. I thought also of that a uh, couple podcasts ago, you and I talked about the BMW Z4 from Oh nine ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh nine, twenty ten, somewhere in there. The prices have come down on those cars. They're also like the BMW's version of the Cayman, so it's got a lot of boot space, a lot of room mm-hmm. in there, but still, you know, a lot of fun. And certainly, Thomas's BMW guy, obviously here, so that could appeal to. I yeah. thought of uh, just like Spencer in Canada. I thought, huh, I wonder about the Evo X for him, but he's already got an M five. He's already got a four door sedan. He's already got. Yeah, something kind of like that. I agree. So I got weird on this one. I, I, I Okay. <laughs> I did on the last one. You went crazy here. Okay, where'd you go? I mean, I'll caveat, you know, my car. I'm an American, living in America with a Jeep built in Detroit, owned by the Italians, with a V8 built in Mexico. So, yes, it's truly a world car. But how do you feel yeah, about... What could being, possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? How do you feel, Thomas? I mean, about, the, the, what, <laughs> the screen could go black. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Thomas, how do you feel about being German, living in Australia, and driving a French car? I mean, just how do you how do you feel about this? Sure, why not? Reason I bring this up 
is because in the Pilgrimage film, plug for Pilgrimage, if you haven't seen it, please watch it yeah. or rent it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Todd and I drove the Renault Megane 265, the manual transmission mm -hmm. on the track. And I think, okay, well, we haven't had an experience. They don't, do not sell that car in North America. We've not had experience yeah. in terms of resale and reliability. We don't know. But we yeah, have driven the car, and it felt solid. And here is yeah. RSR tracking the daylights out of this thing. Now, they do have mechanics. They're wrenching yeah. on them. They're keeping them up. But we drove but the they, daylights out of that they car. But they beat on that car, we and they give it to anyone that shows up that needs to drive something accessible that is still somewhat fast. So that car gets driven it's hard fast. by all kinds of drivers. And theirs are stick shifts, which means they get pounded on even harder by people that don't know what they're doing. Yep. So here we go. 2014, I looked on that, uh, Thomas, that, that uh, carsales.com.au mm -hmm. site that you sent. Found a 2014 Renault Megane 265 manual transmission. I even found the Red Bull edition that's black and yellow and all kinds of craziness. I like this. I like this. But they're 38 grandish, uh, 38,000. Not cheap, but they're fast. I think they're going to be uh -huh. somewhat reliable. If you've got the dealer network, then you're fine. If it's got a warranty, great. But you've got the, the fun, little bit larger hatch, so it's usable. Those things are fast, and it just seemed, it seemed solid. I don't, I mean, what did you mm -hmm. think about when you drove that on the track? Yes, we're thinking about all kinds of other things, but what did you feel about just build quality and solidity and, huh, this car feels like a Honda or a something well built? Well, that was the thing. I mean, something considering, cons considering how much I know that car is getting worked hard, it's right. shocking how solid it feels, honestly. Right. Right. It, it feels very solid. Those cars felt, I know this sounds weird, those Megans felt new the day we first drove one and the day we first walked away. I mean, they just felt like new cars. Yeah. They're the opposite of new cars. So, I mean, like, like <laughs> Paul's saying, they've track. got guys at RSR that are keeping them up, keeping everything tightened down. I get that, but you would start feeling, I mean, like, for example, they, they steered us clear of one of their Lotus Elises because they said, this car is just a beat on Lotus Elise, and it's just not as tight as it should be anymore. Right. So, right. you know, that, that was interesting about that McGann. And it, I think that's a great recommendation. And you know what that makes me think of? I, I, hmm. I suspect we're out of budget range, but I wonder, what's the new Focus RS going to cost down there? It's probably going to be, now. Nah, it's probably going to, knowing Australia and that, it's probably going to be 55 or so, isn't it? Probably going to be suppose. way out of range. I mean, it's going to be 40 here in the U.S., 40,000. It is, but that's here in the U.S. And I, I, by the time, cars are so much more expensive down there. By the time it gets there, my guess is, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd love it if that were in your range. I'd love it if that were something you could stretch for. Because I think the Focus RS is worth considering, the new one, the upcoming one. But um, I suspect it's going to be out. I like this McGann recommendation. I have one other one, but I like that one. That's a good one. Okay. I, I had one other random one, and it's, it's based on nothing, Thomas. It's not based on the fact that we've driven it <laughs> or that we know the brand or anything. But I've seen him wow. in Europe, and I'm, every time I see him, it, it, I break my neck looking at these things. It is the, also a French car, the Peugeot RCZR, the double bubble mm -hmm. roof. Like mm -hmm. 300 horsepower, everything's in the front, but I think it is actually a four-passenger car. But these things are wild and beautiful, and I know nothing about the reliability or build quality of Peugeot. I don't. You like you like the forbidden for, uh, forbidden fruit about that car. I do. I do. That yeah. thing snaps my neck, and especially when it's the R, that RCZR. I have been passed mm -hmm. by two of those on the Nurburgring. A uh, year and a half ago when I was there for the first time. Those things went around me like I was standing still. 
I, I yeah. couldn't believe it. I went, yeah. what? What is this thing? Why? How? Mm-hmm. Why is it so fast? Again, it's based on nothing, but I thought, if you get those down there, <laughs> just take an opportunity to at least drive it. Why not? Tonight on Everyday Driver, we're going to tell you things we don't know anything about. Here's a car you should drive. We've never driven it. It's based on nothing. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. Have fun. Have fun. Go ahead and buy it. And Spend, um, spend your money. Tell us how it is. Best of luck to you. I mean, that is, that that is out in left field. The yeah. Megane, we have driven. We've beat on that just like everybody else. And I came away just really impressed with that thing. They've got it dialed. The seats... Everything. The driving position yeah. was great, powerful, fast. I thought that was pretty cool, honestly. So I have a recommendation here that is away from what he's owned. I was trying to get him away from what he's owned, but still in the stuff that he's he's seeking out. And, you know, we've got a lot of variations on sedans on this list, yeah. which is one of the reasons I really like the Cayman for you, Tom. It's one of the reasons I think that's great. I mean, you even brought up down here, you'd, you'd kind of like an Audi RS4, but they're a little bit out of your price range in Australia. So, But I like the Cayman because it takes you away from the kind of stuff it seems like you've always owned, which is, which is sedans. Mm-hmm. So in spite of that, though, that makes me think of what about a 370Z? I can see that because yeah. because it gets you also away from German brands. It gets you, you now. You had a Subaru, so you, it's not like you have never owned anything that wasn't German. But you can get those Z's. The way you're going to use this car, it would be great for it. It's not a car I want to take a huge road trip in, but it's got a halfway decent hatch. Not great, not nearly as roomy as the Cayman, but it's got a halfway decent hatch. And they are crazy fun in a track situation and great on a back road. It plays to those strengths. Hmm. But they have a halfway decent interior. You could probably, I don't know, I, I don't know what the price is going to be down there, but you could probably either get a new one or a barely used one. That's a good car. Here's a 2011. Be an interesting new experience. 2011 370Z with the manual transmission for 36,500 US. Bring it. 53,000 kilometers. It. Looks nice. Yeah, that'd be a good car. Reliable, and I think you'd still like the I build think- quality on that. Thomas. I, I, I agree. And I think because it's different than what you've owned before, that makes me like it a lot. I, I My two are definitely Cayman and 370Z, and they're they're similar in a lot of ways. But I like the 370 because it gets us into a different brand, different experience uh, than what you've owned already. But Ooh, it's you know, silver. Obviously Cayman charcoal, silvery, charcoaly silver. Pewter. pewter. Must, we, must we go silver? Okay. Fish scale, candy apple, metallic pewter. <laughs> Woo! This is getting better. <laughs> However, the one we drove, the first first one we ever drove, though, I do have to say, was their kind of charcoal gray with their kind of orange accented interior, and I actually thought that looked pretty cool. I have to acknowledge that car had some scoot too, as I recall. That yeah. that thing really yeah yeah that thing really moved. And they've got their synchro rev match thing that thankfully you can turn on and off, but it's actually really cool on the tracks. So I think you should look into that one. Uh, I do want to say thank you to those of you that are rating this podcast as you listen. We've had a lot of new ratings recently, so you guys are definitely hearing us when we say please rate. And it is making a difference. We are regularly, if if not almost always, in the top ten automotive podcasts. Yeah, We're continuing to grow. And uh, people are finding us, honestly, you guys, because, of course, you're not inside our heads and you don't get our email. But every week now (laughs) we are getting emails where, hey, guys, I just found your podcast and I'm listening to all of them. This is becoming a weekly, sometimes multiple times a week occurrence. And that is because you guys are rating the podcast highly. It is doing well and you're sharing it. So please keep going. Yes. Thank you very much. This is pretty awesome. Uh, We had some questions posted up on Facebook. Do we have any on Twitter? 
or were those all on? Yeah, we had Facebook we had them both here. places. We we post uh, we posted that we were going to do this podcast. It's a new thing we're doing uh, by request. We're doing Q and A's at the end of the podcast. So uh, yeah, so this is a new round of comments coming. I've got a couple here, a couple from Facebook I thought were interesting, and uh, also Neil Porter. I should probably just start there. Okay. Wrote us on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this one, Paul. Uh, but Neil's actually listened to the show a lot and, uh, and comments on a lot of our YouTube videos. He's asking. He's saying, okay, the Hellcat. And, and the whole thing about these Q&As is it's not a full car debate. It's just like, hey, guys, A or B, or explain this to me. It's that kind of quick stuff. So we're putting it here. So Neil says, all right, for the price of a Hellcat at seventy grand, is that worth it? Or should you just spend that seventy grand on a better handling, better well-rounded car? Oh yeah, I see that. Um, it, the the Hellcat recommendation is very few and far between. It's a giggle car. It's a, I don't, I don't know that we've really recommended it in all seriousness. I mean, we have, I think a I couple did for Wyoming recently for yeah. Wyoming for Don in Wyoming. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, for the open road, high speed kind of thing, I could see yeah. that. I mean, I could see wait until prices come down and they're slightly used and people. Just think, okay, I've had the fun and I want to get rid of it. Then that might be actually yeah. a bargain for you know mm -hmm. it's a family car. But yeah. I take Neil's point here. I, I understand what he's saying, and for seventy grand, that opens up options really. And yeah. I mean, Porsches and BMWs and the good stuff. You can really get into some fun stuff, stuff we've recommended and really liked. I mean, you mm -hmm. could even divide that into, I mean, into two cars and have the Thomas problem. My, my answer my answer here Neil honestly depends entirely on the person's life that's asking if you're living in Dallas if you're living in Houston somewhere in Texas that has got long straights you don't ever do windy roads you're not a track rat you want to laugh you want a sedan Hellcat Done. Uh, yes. Well, finished. exactly. For Don. Okay. Like, like you recommended but last, last exactly. week. Exactly. He was, he was blasting across Wyoming he wanted some fun Hellcat Great, mm -hmm. yeah, but sure. if you're a guy that goes, I, I, you know, I'm going to take road trips, and I like back roads, and I like big sweepers, and all this kind of thing, I, I'm starting to go, well, Hellcat, you're not really playing to its strengths. That's the thing about that car. Its strength is the crazy laugh riot that is generated by the power band, which is enormous, which is like, you know, aircraft carrier pulling power. It's insane. <laughs> and if you have a lifestyle and a driving style that gets you to kind of experience that and laugh, you're playing to the car strings, you're going to like it. Meanwhile, it's got tons of room and it's comfy. By the way, Neil, but the, if, the uh, seed for the pilgrimage film, the, the very beginnings of that film that we talked about was Hellcat on the Autobahn. Yeah. And that, that and they don't is sell the Dodge in Germany. They, they don't, we don't sell, sell Dodge in Germany, yeah. which is why we didn't do it, unfortunately. But but you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. What is the way you're going to drive it? So if you are a person whose lifestyle matches the Hellcat, then honestly, it's a party of one. Just get the Hellcat. Right. But if you're not that, I, and I would even say if you're going to get a sedan, you want a four-door sedan that's fast and handles, well, with seventy grand in your pocket, I think you can do better. As far as being well rounded, sure. you could talk. Oh, I got to go sure. there. You yeah. could talk Chevy SS. You could talk used Panamera. You could do any of these in that realm if you want well rounded and you still want sedan. But if you want laugh riot and you are, you're done. You're blasting across Wyoming. Hellcat done. Yeah, I can see that. All right, what else we got on here? What other questions do we have here? Well, I brought up three seventy Z earlier. I liked Goran's question on Facebook. Yeah, I see that. Z. Is it expensive to maintain as a 2011 335i? 
Uh, I would say no, just by virtue of the fact it's Japanese and by the fact they've gotten mm -hmm. that pretty well sorted, especially the newer cars. Mm -hmm. I mean, a, a 2011 BMW 335, as our friend Michael Harley likes to say, <laughs> did you buy a turbocharged BMW? Well, get get ready to budget for maintenance. Brace yourself. Just yeah, brace, brace yourself. yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, I... It just kind of depends on who you are. I mean, I'd prefer the BMW over that. Just the precision, the build quality, all that kind of stuff. I'd probably See, take, I'd take that the 370 and brace myself for the maintenance. But it just depends on the condition of both cars. But I think the 370 I, would be more uh, more reliable, honestly. Well, and I and I also think that when the 370 needs something, it's just going to cost you less. It just is. Yeah. So yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, that that's the thing about it. If we're really talking about just maintenance, if they both have this, let's just say they both ends up being the same amount of reliability. Look, I'll, I'll go I'll go personal on this. If I was worried about just maintenance cost, I would have kept the Acadia and not gotten the Cayenne. The Cayenne has been every mm -hmm. bit as reliable as our sure. Acadia, but it will be far more expensive to just do the normal stuff to it. It just is. <laughs> and that's the situation you're dealing yeah. with here. You've got a Nissan or a BMW product. The BMW is going to cost you more when you need normal stuff. Right. Hopefully, right. I also suspect the 370 will just be more reliable. But I'm, I'm rolling the dice a bit to say that. I, I can't guarantee that. But I think it will be a cheaper car, the 370, just to, just to run. I think it will be cheaper. Who knows how fast it will go through really. tires. That may change it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought the Jeep would be fine. It's a 2015. So, of course, with any car, you just never know. But yeah, again, yeah, I I think we're we're in agreement on the reliability on that car. Definitely. And I had one I have one other that I noticed. I noticed Hero's question, which is so much in the style of this Q and A. It was the simplest question on the planet. We could debate it for forty five minutes, and we should oh, try to do it in go. three sentences. <laughs> it's okay. T tell us, read it, read it out. <laughs> Hero's Hero's question is simple: older MX five versus older nine forty four. Go. <laughs> You're right. Three Got podcasts later. <laughs> yeah, three podcasts later. I, you know, you know what my feeling mm. on this is. My feeling on this is honestly, what is your tolerance for maintenance pain? Honestly, because if if you if you're a person who, and, and I'm, you don't know in this question what are you buying it for, but if you're a person who wants to have a car that's fun to drive, but you never have to think about it. When you have two hours to drive it, it starts, it runs, it goes, it's fun. You put it back in the garage, you walk away. MX-5, just period, done, Yeah. conversation over. Sure, sure. If it's, I want a great car that's unique and it's got great balance and I can drive it and maybe I'll wrench on it and I might do stuff to it, okay, 944. But you've got to kind of go into the 944 expecting maintenance, expecting some reliability issues. You may have to rebuild some things, but they're incredibly fun to drive. And if you're going to track and that kind of stuff, they'd both be fun on the track. They'd Don't get me wrong. Obviously, they'd both be fun on the track. But I think the MX-5 is the own and forget vehicle. I don't mean that in a tacky way. I just mean when you can drive it, it drives, it works, it's great. When you're not driving about it, you never think about it again. Yeah. I think so, the, I think the question is cheaper versus more expensive. Honestly, you're, you're nailing it right there. I mean, what kind of budget do you have? Really? I mean, I, I think the – well – <laughs> Hero. I mean, you can you can buy them. You can buy them both cheap. You can buy them you can. both insanely you can, cheap. But you're just talking in terms but, of maintenance and upkeep and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 five thousand uh, dollar Mazda Miata versus the five thousand dollar Porsche nine forty four. Let me tell you which one of those you could hop in and drive home now. Yeah, that's what it's about. Hero, we've got the four generational comparison of the MX five mm -hmm. coming out in just a few weeks. 
And that's for everybody. Yeah, We've got out. all the Miatas, MX-5 Miata, whatever you want to call them. So I won't, I won't yeah. tell you my opinion of the original MX-5 or some of the older ones because you're going to have to wait for that video. I know what I would choose here. I mean, I am Porsche guy. I'd definitely go 944. I, yeah. Gosh, we were talking to uh, Jay the other day, and he he was just looking for a naturally aspirated 944. I remember him saying, "Yep." Just yep. so he doesn't have to think about the maintenance of you know a high strung turbo engine turbo stuff, on yeah. that stuff. And I thought that's a really great idea. I hadn't really thought of it in terms of that. But if you get the non turboed 944, they're still and fun. they're cheap. Yeah, and they're cheap, and the the handling and the driving experience is awesome. I mean, there's yeah. just a real character and a great dynamic to that car. I do. I hear you. I do hear you. I think it really depends on what kind of driver are you. If you're somebody that just turn it on, turn it off, never think about it again, put gas in it, it runs. MX5. Yeah, MX5. Just, that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I hmm. Great question. Again, debate endlessly. But uh, for now, we should wrap things up. We're almost. Uh, yeah. Hey, look, we're ten minutes short of an hour right now. So that's great. Well, thank you guys. And thank you guys for for responding to the Q and A as well. We are going to yeah, keep doing that. These great. little little comments, little questions you've got that we want to throw in here. It's not necessarily a full car debate. Obviously, car debates will continue. It's all more of same. And wow, the stuff we're planning for this year on the video side is already starting to feel daunting. But that's a good thing. So thank you for joining us on this. Yeah, this is crazy. We're spending gear, money on gear, and uh, yeah, thinking ahead to the future here. But we've got some great videos coming up. And uh, we thank you guys a lot, but we honestly, we mean it because you write in, you gave us great suggestions. Keep the debates mm -hmm. coming. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. Looking forward to talking to you next week.